I'm Shannon Bream. I'm Bill Hemmer. I'm Kennedy, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Thursday, July 22nd, 2021. I'm Trey Ingst. The Olympics are officially starting soon in Tokyo, but COVID-19 continues to threaten the Games. Reports from the Tokyo Games said this is pretty much a secure lockdown with police and military people marching around and you know athletes basically being shuttled back and forth between hotel rooms and the Olympic uh, venues. That comes with a huge price tag. This is the Fox News Rundown, Evening Edition. Multiple athletes are infected with COVID-19, forcing them to pull out of the Olympics. Despite widespread protocols to avoid coronavirus, the disease is wrecking havoc on the sporting event. The games are extremely unpopular with the citizens of Japan, many of whom have called moving forward with the Olympics reckless. Though the politics of the contract between Japan and the International Olympic Committee makes the Japanese government responsible for the $15.4 billion price tag if they cancel. One takeaway is that, you know, we've really never dealt with this in this way before, or at least in recent memory. And, you know, they're having to, you know, create the playbook, you know, day by day in terms of how they're going to deal with it. For more on this story, this is Chris Haynes, an associate professor of political science, national security and legal studies at the University of New Haven. You see the the constant tension between public health here and the economics and the politics of what's going on with, you know, should we hold the Olympic Games, should we not hold the Olympic Games? Um, and also just the evolving science on, you know, so, you know, how dangerous is the Delta variant? You know, if you're vaccinated, does that matter? Does that help you? And, you know, I guess current research suggests that if you're vaccinated, um, you know, even if you contract the disease, you're pretty much um, safe or inoculated from hospitalization or severe disease. And so, you know, all of that plays into it, you know, into this larger, you know, question about the Olympic Games. And, you know, then you have, you know, the economic component, you know, over $20 billion, you know, was spent to, to create these games, uh, even more money because it got delayed for a year already. Um, you know, the politics, you know, the upcoming Japanese elections, um, you know, they all go into, you know, this entirety. And so, you build that on top of what Japan has wanted to really focus on, which is bringing the world together, you know, knocking down barriers, creating unity, celebrating diversity. Um, you know, it's, it's quite a complicated spectacle. And we know the games right now are pretty unpopular in Japan. There have been protests in the streets calling on officials to cancel the games. But you talk about the politics and the price tag involved of all of this, tens of billions of dollars. And if the Japanese government were to cancel the games based on the contract they have with the International Olympic Committee, they would be responsible for the entirety of this price tag. And I mean, it it creates a really difficult situation for the Japanese government hosting the games amid this pandemic. Yeah, it it is complicated. I mean, I mean, the IOC has been really, really, you know, smart in their terms in, in negotiating these contracts, at least over the last couple of decades because there have been so many cities that have wanted to host the Olympic Games that they've been able to get their terms, right, instead of allowing host countries to dictate the terms. And one of those, obviously, as you stated, is the fact that if Japan canceled the Games, Japan would be responsible for paying the IOC or the International Olympic Committee, um, you know, compensatory, you know, costs for the lost revenue, TV dollars, etc. So that is, you know, 
one part of this. Of course, you know, like moving forward, and I don't know if we want to talk about moving forward, but, you know, if you if you think about it, you know, Brisbane was just, you know, given the 2032 games, and, you know, it was really the only serious bid, right? And, and, and this comes on the heels of the, you know, awarding of the Paris games in 2024 and the L.A. games in 2028. You're seeing a you know, a stark decrease in the amount of bids for the Olympic Games. And so is this a turning point, right? Um, and is COVID accelerating the turning point away from the popularity of countries wanting to host the Games and maybe, you know, giving the power more to potential host cities as opposed to this kind of bloated organization or bureaucracy, which really is unaccounted, right? Uh, unaccountable to, to anyone almost, um, the IOC. You've been listening to Chris Haynes, an associate professor of political science, national security, and legal studies at the University of New Haven. We'll be right back. You talk about moving forward and and sort of the message that is sent by the IOC pushing things ahead with these games. Do you think that will discourage further participation from countries and further reducing the number of bids that we see to host Olympics moving forward? Yeah, I mean, that's already been the case because there have been, I think, I think the last uh, profitable <laughs> um, Olympics was, I think, the Atlanta Olympics, you know, in the 90s. And since then, costs, overruns, et cetera, have just, I mean, have just made countries, you know, just leak money every time they decide to host the Olympics, losing hundreds of millions of dollars uh, sometimes, especially uh, the Sochi uh, winter games. And so, you, know, you you build on top of that, you know, all this other stuff where the International Olympic Committee is, you know, literally forcing the Japanese government to put these games on um, and has that much power to kind of tell them that, you know, other countries are looking at this and saying, you know what, I, we need to rethink whether or not we really want to do this. Do we really want to put ourselves in that kind of a situation with that little power vis-a-vis the IOC, do we really want to lose that much money? Um, look at what happened, what's happened to Brazil and to Athens and the decaying infrastructure and the high upkeep costs, you know, post-Olympics. Um, you know, do we want to deal with that and the political implications, right? Do we want to be blamed as maybe not an individual political candidate because these decisions happened a lot earlier, but as a political party, Right, the LDP, the Liberal Democratic Party in Japan, or others in different countries, do want to be saddled with the blame of, well, you decided to do this, and now we're, you know, we're set with this huge price tag, and you know, a price tag that doesn't stop because, you know, do you dismantle all of these, uh, you know, these venues? Do you keep them up? Do we do? Does the city or the country really need them? So there are a lot of questions there. Yeah, I mean, you raise a great point. The infrastructure just sits there in, in many cities after the games are, are complete. And we've seen these images all over the world of decaying stadiums that really have no other purpose. Because if you've got a soccer stadium, for example, you don't need another one. And it creates this scenario where countries are actually in, in debt as a result when they, they look at the budget related to the Olympics because they're not making any money after the games are, are complete. I, I wanted to ask you about the preparation for, for Olympics. I imagine it, from a national security perspective, every country has to put a lot of money into ensuring that games are secure. I mean, we've seen in the past attacks at the Olympics. Um, we, we've seen the level of security increase based on, on threats that continue against athletes or specific countries. 
I imagine there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes to prepare for an Olympics, and, and that on its own comes with a high price tag. Absolutely. I mean, definitely since the 1972 Munich Games and, and, and that th- those series of attacks there, and, you know, that really got stepped up in the London Olympics. Um, you know, reports are from the Tokyo Games that this is pretty much a secure lockdown with police and military people marching around and, you know, athletes basically being shuttled back and forth between hotel rooms and the Olympic uh, venues. Um, that comes with a huge price tag. And, you know, and moving forward, you know, this is also put in, in the uh, aftermath of 9-11, um, everything's had to be stepped up in terms of the security of the game. So you're absolutely right. Um, you don't want to be a host country where you have a Munich incident happening because that could be disastrous for your image. I mean, one of the biggest reasons why countries want to do the games is to improve or rebrand their image. And who wants to be known as the country that allowed a terrorist incident to happen at the Olympic Games? Absolutely. And it, it, it's a whole new set of challenges for countries around the world as they work to secure the games, but also now balance a global pandemic at the same time. I really appreciate your perspective on this amid a, a very unique time for sports and the Olympics taking place starting this week. Uh, Chris Haynes, an associate professor of political science and national security at the University of New Haven, joining us today on the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition podcast. Chris, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. The Fox News Rundown, a contrast of perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. Your daily dose of news twice a day. Featuring insight from top newsmakers, reporters, and Fox News contributors. Listen and subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.